Hey, I'm Steve Follin. Thanks for downloading This Time What It's Like Being Freelance for web designer and developer Tim Brown. I'm writing a book essentially through my blog posts. So they're actually a chapter. And then in the end, I'll have this book and share it with people. It's high value, bigger content that's really like well thought out. And I spend time with it. Then it will be something that will provide value for, you know, much longer. When you're providing that kind of value to other people that ends up coming back around to you, people in your area and your community on the web too respect that and appreciate that. And it, I think, helps business. Hey, how you doing? Hope you're having a good week being freelance. This week, we go to the States and to a web designer and developer called Tim Brown. So that's coming up. Uh, Just to remind you, beingfreelance.com is the website. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And of course, share us with people you know in a similar situation. If you think maybe they are freelance or they're thinking of going freelance, if they'll find us useful, that would be great. And join us on Twitter at beingfreelance. We had such a great reaction to last week's episode with Frankie, uh, the blogger and writer. And it it was nice. It was like lots of people reaching out to her as well. Um, not just to me or to the podcast, but reaching out to her and saying that they've been inspired within a minute and things like that. You know, like it's you know these people who I talk to give up their time to to chat and uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's really nice if you if you find it valuable then to tell them that's great. And Twitter's a brilliant way of doing that. Anyway, let's crack on with this episode. We go all the way to Minnesota in the states to designer developer Tim Brown. Hey, Tim. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, really good. Thanks for this. We we always get started talking about how you got started being freelance. And I know you, you have a full-time job and you yeah. freelance on top of that. Have you b- ever been full-time freelance? Yes, absolutely. Um, for about a, a year, year and a half, I was doing full-time freelance and I, and I really like it. I just, towards the beginning of my career, so I wanted to get some agency experience as well. So how did you get started then? Um, well, I actually, I made a little, uh, a couple of little websites when I was younger, just creating bits and pieces on Photoshop and things like that. Um, little logos for various things that I was a part of was kind of off and about, um, in other places in the U S and then I came back to Minnesota cause it's where my family is located. Before I even finished, um, college, I started with some freelance clients. I supported myself that way for about a year, year and a half. Um, before that I had done like social media promotion and stuff for like a local restaurant and we had had some success. And so it was one of those situations where I got to do stuff with a decent sized organization here in Minneapolis and see how they do things, see how, you know, maybe I would do things differently. And yeah, when I got done with school though, I decided I wanted to get some agency experience as well. So, so I jumped into it, but I, I definitely, um, enjoy a lot of aspects of freelance, and I still do freelance on the side pretty steadily with the agency stuff. Just I like the exp- like the fact that I can experiment a lot. You were freelancing, but you thought actually no, maybe I've got more to learn by being. It wasn't yeah. just to have a regular income. It was thinking I've, I've, yeah. I'm pretty new to this. I'm sure there's stuff I can learn. What do you take away from working in an agency that helps you in your freelance? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that they do well, I think, is they have process down and they have it very structured. Like, um, you know, we have like, most people have like some kind of discovery phase and then you have your architecture phase and then your design phase and then your 
front end development phase. Well, when I was freelancing and especially just right out of the gate, I was just like throwing all that together. Just like, you give me your stuff, I'm gonna make a website. <laughs> like, and I could do it, but as far as like having some kind of structure and process down, I think that it, it, it makes you choose through the ideas a little bit further. And um, by having that process down, you can share it when you're in, you know, selling to somebody. You can, it's just a lot more clear versus, you know, the run by the seat of my pants thing. It can be very efficient, but it also can get, you know, murky kind of quick if there's some kind of discrepancy between what they expected and what you're delivering. And, when it comes to finding your freelance clients, so yeah. do you go after them? Do you wait for people to come to you? What's the deal there? I generally have been waiting for people to come to me. A lot of the stuff I do is content marketing. So I'm always putting out blog posts and trying to share value with my community. And then what I try to think about what would be useful for the potential clients that I have. I think of the, my prime demographic as being small business owners and, um, you know, people as part of small organizations. So I want to provide broader digital marketing advice that they might implement themselves. And then by seeing that good content coming out of, you know, my personal brand, um, that they will potentially use me if they have a service that's beyond them. Awesome. So when did you start developing that? Um, yeah, I started developing that as soon as I could, you know, as soon as I did a my, my first like from scratch portfolio um, on WordPress, I started blogging. I didn't really know what blog, you know what I mean? I didn't really know what I was supposed to do with blogging. I was like, I was kind of like just promoting. Like I was like, by the way, if you want a website in Minneapolis, like here, come, come to me. Like that was my blog post, something <laughs> along those lines. And it's like, of course, no one's going to really read that. But once I started to um, kind of figure out what, what it meant to, blog and try to provide value, I, I guess I, I really was trying to position myself to, to get people in from Google. And I've thrown everything at the wall now. And, or, you know, I've, I've thrown a lot of stuff at the wall. And I am kind of seeing what works. I'm watching like Google Analytics and kind of seeing here are the posts that are bringing in people. Some of the posts that are bringing in people, I'm like, those aren't probably actually potential clients like I have a lot of font posts about like here's the best fonts of 2015 or something like that um, and those aren't I realize that those probably aren't bringing in my clients but I'm still trying to just drive traffic to my site so it it's perceived as high value by Google and um, that's just part of my broader ongoing efforts to get my my website respected by Google so when it's you know a search keyword like Minneapolis web design or Minneapolis freelancer that I can be in that spot to get that traffic. Yeah. So it's very much, um, you're, you are targeting that local market as in clients you can meet face to face, given that the world is an oyster. Yeah, no, I am. I am. Yeah. I, I like the face to face interaction and I've been, I guess it's just my personal experience. I've been a lot more successful when I've had that. So when it comes to creating that content, do you have like a set, uh, I know, production plan? How do you divide that up? Because, it, you know, you must be busy with your actual job. And mm-hmm. then you've got freelance projects as well. And then you're yeah. marketing yourself. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And so, you know, I, I come back to the table every once in a while um, to really examine the stuff that I am creating and say, is this really relevant to the people that I'm trying to work for? And then on the other hand, am I enjoying the stuff that I'm creating? Because I really want to, you know, it's a, a really actually quite nice part of my general rhythm and my work life, um, that content that I create. So it has to be fun for me to make. And then it also has to be like serving my end purposes, which are to establish myself as an authority in this niche. Um, so I, it's just a matter of coming back to the table every once in a while and looking at the stuff that I'm creating and saying, is this doing those two things? Lately, I've been moving away from stuff that's a little bit more fleeting, like little blog posts here and there and moving towards like these bigger, chunkier things. Like I'm, I'm writing, I'm doing a series called WordPress development for noobs. And essentially this is really good for me because I can talk about WordPress development and design. Um, and it, it establishes my website as an authority for those types of keywords. And as well, I'm, I'm writing a book essentially through my blog posts. So these big, they're actually a chapter. Each piece is a chapter, and then in the end, I'll have a kind of a, um, a you know, both I can do a printed book and a PDF of this book and share it with people. It's high value, and it once again establishes myself as an authority. And the other one is spending time on my my podcast, which is um, just about digital marketing in general. Once again, kind of establishing myself as um, an expert in people's minds. And I think of the bigger, chunkier blog posts and and bigger content that's really like well thought out and I spend time with it um, is to me more important than these quick fleeting posts. To me, it's if I can spend time with these longer pieces, then it will be something that will provide value for, you know, a much longer time to people. And I, I think of when you're providing that kind of value to other people that it ends up coming back around to you and not, I mean, not in like a, you know, out there karma type way, but like, people come back to you and people um, in your area and uh, in your air, your community on the web to um, respect that and appreciate that. And it, um, I think helps business. Nice. So how do you manage your time when it comes to these projects? Are you strict about how many you take on at a time and mm, mixing the agency life in the freelance? I really make them slow. I, I say this is this is a three month project, and uh, for me that's slow. So like I keep a lot of air in my in my process and like expectations. So if somebody comes to me and they're like, "I need a website like now," like this kind of thing, I just say, "I'm not the guy." Um, I it's been nice to be honest. It's been nice to have um, the the agency thing to fall back on. But I know that there's a time when I'm gonna want to be. When I'm just going to want to do freelance full time and or have a, a little agency or something. It's easier sometimes the things about freelancing is you get the full check. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you got taxes and things like that. But um, you get a significantly higher chunk of the, the money. Um, Some people, um, when they are freelancers, say you're a freelance web designer, you might love designing websites, but actually the bringing in the work and dealing with the finances side might do your head in, you know, so there's an advantage to being employed, but it sounds like actually you quite enjoy all of that as well. The bringing in clients thing, 
I love certain aspects of it. The once the client is brought in and you know, occasionally dealing with their eccentricities or their whatever, that can be extremely trying sometimes. And I want to just like have a project manager as a freelancer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I just want to be like, hey, will you manage this person? You know, I think it's it's more and more it's time because then you build things into your contract. Like I only, we should only have one point of contact. There should not be five points of contact people trying to tell me what the website needs to be. We need to have one point of contact, maybe two, but probably one so that we can have the most clear communication possible. If you have, like I've had it where there's been more than one person and they're telling you separate things and they're saying, this is what the project should be. And it's like, you, you just learn to build those things into your contract. Um, and as well, like I think something that I've added recently is the clause that if somebody stops a project for you know a certain amount of time, let's say it's like a month or longer, then when they start back up, there's like a restart fee. Because if you stop a project for a certain amount of time, there's just a certain amount of momentum that gets lost. As well as we had the time cordoned off in our schedule or in my schedule mm. um, to work on this project. Um, and so I think that there's just little bits and pieces that over time you learn to put into your, your contract so that expectations can be clear across the board. And hopefully they're more inclined to just, you know, finish the project through things like that and, and make sure that communication is clear. Yeah, that's a really nice one, actually, because I've, I've, I've had that. And even to a small scale where I might be doing a voiceover for somebody and I'm like, make sure that script is exactly what you want it to be now. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to be paying me to do it again because yeah. I'm, I'm happy to re-record it if I muck it up. But if you just decide you, your script yeah. wasn't right in the first place, well, that's not, that's not <laughs> yeah. my fault. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when it comes to your website and your personal brand, what lessons have you learned? My website, I think an important thing for me was just start, go for it. Essentially, like the iteration and iterating in public, that idea, it got me to the point where I was able to learn things from each time. Um, to me, I would say, you know, for somebody that's new to freelancing or something like that, just get something out there. And if that, if you're not a web designer, maybe it's on, you know, one of the free platforms like Squarespace or, or what have you, but getting something out there quick and seeing how it works and then being open to changing it and doing a second version and a third version. It's been really useful to me. Um, my personal brand, um, I've had a couple versions of that, but I honestly think, you know, if you're not a designer, I think you should pay somebody. You can pay somebody that's relatively decent to do a, a logo or a, you know branding. I think you should pay for that if you're not a designer because it, it really does associate your – it associates you with something. So if it's not quality, um, it associates you with you know ramshackle – yeah, I don't know. Not quality. I don't know how to say that. The opposite of quality, whatever that is. It reflects on what you yeah. you are, I guess, doesn't yeah. it? So you've either yeah. got a bit of a design mind, and you can use something like Squarespace or Wix or whatever. Yeah, or absolutely. Or you don't. In which case, would you really want people to see that? I guess that's the yeah. And I'd say you can do some really 
decent stuff on Squarespace. And if you're, you know, you have a bit of taste, they give you some templates, things like that. I suggest that highly. I mean, people come to me usually for sites where there's a little bit more functionality or something. Um, but I also do, you know, I also do those, um, lead generation a little bit simpler websites because somebody doesn't even want to take the time to learn Squarespace and then plus they need a little help on like the marketing side of things like they need messaging and things like that that's what I that's my clients to come to me for freelancing um just you can find somebody at decent price to make you um branding if you're a freelancer in particular and just Mm -hmm. kind of telling telling them that type of stuff um that they'll need to know like you know, what industry you're in, what's your kind of competitive advantage and who you're really trying to speak to, like your prime demographic. And with those keys, you should be able to um, talk through what a, what, like a, a logo design would look like. And to me, I think that logo is, is pretty important. But I also think it's important to kind of stick with it for a while. I don't think, I think it's, it's worrisome to me sometimes when people think that they can just put out a new logo every six months. And that's usually like people that have a little bit of a cheaper brand or something like that. And they're just kind of throwing iterations out there of the brand. The brand, once you get a solid one, should kind of stick for a while. You know what I mean? And I think that's a matter of um, just kind of with restraint because I want to change my brand right now. But I've already associated this this color scheme and this symbol with something in to people in my area, probably more so. But I've associated it and I've done a lot of promo promotion with it. And I don't think you should scrap that um very easily. I think it should be a you know, the threshold for when it's time to do a full rebrand should be pretty high. You've done a lot of work promoting that particular brand don't scrap it at the drop of a hat sounds like you spend a lot of time looking at google analytics like if if if, would you recommend that to any freelancer even if they weren't blogging a lot to be looking at what's happening towards the site it's going to be depressing if you're not blogging a lot (laughs) um because google i mean google first of all biggest pieces of traffic my like from google and from twitter are like neck and neck for me um and you know, Google being a huge one, I need to be blogging fairly regularly. My traffic is absolutely affected by that. So if people are searching web designer in Minneapolis, it's your your order in the ranking is so much based on the fact that you're adding that blogging content. Yeah, absolutely. So you're you're definitely yeah. being knocked up or down whether your website is is producing fresh content and content of value. But also if other people are linking to your site, the value of the content is enough to make them link to it. I've also reached out to people and asked them um, if they would link to my content, if they had like a list or something that that had resources and I have a resource similar to that. I've reached out to them and asked them and I honestly, my best blog post that I have um, is it not, it's not necessarily for clients per se, which, you know, you could question my, my content marketing strategy there, but it gets a lot of traffic and it associates my blog with value to Google because people spend a lot of time on this post. It's the crash course to hand lettering. Somebody added that to a list. And so like 25 people come in via that list every day. 
and just from that, you know, getting added there. So to me, it's occasionally reaching out to people too. If you have something valuable that you think would be a good part of their um, post. Cool. Um, when it comes to dealing with the finances, I, I mean, I guess it's not such a, a big deal now that, you know, you have that regular income coming mm. in. But when you're working on a project, which might be three months, do you have like a, a, a payment structure, you know, this at the beginning, that at the end, or is it one lump yeah. sum at the end? How do you cope? Generally, my projects are just, you know, 50% at the start and 50% at the end. I'm not really a business mind. I'm a creative thinker. The financial side of it, I'm not like crazy organized. But I think that as far as consistency goes and things like that, I, I when I was doing my own personal stuff um, a lot more, I liked. I started to get into like even smaller retainers type um, situations, and that was really helpful. So I had like you know. Even if you have like fifteen hundred a month in a retainer, it's a nice base. Like for you know dollars, I don't know what that translates into pounds, but uh, it's a nice baseline. Oh, it covers my rent, covers my groceries, things like that. So yeah. like you know that was huge for me. It it just anxiety could kind of decrease a little bit because that's the biggest thing. It's like you're probably gonna make that money. I mean, especially if you're out there hustling, you're working hard, um, you're networking. And you're promoting yourself, but it's, but it's, it's still anxiety producing. And so to me, getting some kind of retainers or some kind of like steady thing in place just helps with that and keeps you kind of sane. Well, it sounds like you've nailed the work-life balance because frankly, you don't, you don't have to do that freelance work. You're doing it yeah, yeah, because you love the work and, you know, oh, yeah. it, it gives you something to build up for the future, I guess. Yeah. Well... You know, Steve, doing freelance plus agency life plus having a fiance um, plus I'm just passionate about random stuff. Like I do, ha- I do hand lettering. That's not really that directly related to my work as a web designer. No, but it will come in handy when you do the invitations for the wedding. So yeah, you know. exactly, exactly. It all it all works together <laughs> in some way, in some strange way. But I don't know if I believe in work life balance. Um, to the extent that some people talk about it, I do um, try to be very intentional about those, like the quality time that I spend with my fiance. And um, I would say potentially my close friendships go by the wayside a little bit. However, I hang out with kind of independent people. So when we do hang out, it can still be good. And they don't mind if I don't hang out with them for a month, you know, but that's just me. I'm okay with that. And some people really, I think, need to hang out with their friends three or four times a week. I just don't care. Um, And so I guess it's a matter of like what you're cool with, like sacrificing a little bit. For me, it's not a sacrifice. But I do think the idea of work-life balance can be almost a little bit pernicious in that it's it's troublesome when you're not able to have the life, the supposed life part of that balance for a while or something. And you, you like almost feel guilty. Like I haven't done something. I haven't, I haven't hung out with these friends, but it's like, if you love your work, if you actually really enjoy it and you're like, you know, hitting on all cylinders and you're going for it, then maybe, 
you know, I, I don't see it as that big of a problem if you don't, if you don't like do a ton of socializing or something, but that's just me. I mean, it's like, it depends on the individual and what you're, what you're doing, what you, what you enjoy the most. Nice. Okay. Now, can you tell me three facts about yourself or your career? Make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. All right. Sorry if these are weird. Uh, so I've done a self-portrait of my own blood. <laughs> right. I have swam with sharks off the coast of Costa Rica, and I was a singer in a rock band in Texas for a couple of years. Whoa. You, you did a self-portrait of your own blood? In your own blood or of your own blood? Is that the one? Oh, no. Well, no, you see, I like to ask questions. Okay, if I was just to pick a lie based on those three statements, I would say, what's a blood selfie? I would say, did maybe maybe the sharks thing went wrong and then you ended up drawing a thing in your own blood. Maybe. In that case, you were never a singer in a rock band in Texas. Are you trying to be nice? Because I think you know which one's not real. No, really, I think that one's not real. Oh, okay, no, I no, I definitely did that for a while. Yeah. So which one isn't real? The sharks one. I thought that one would oh, be. Oh man, no! I thought that was no. It's trying not to offend me with the not saying the self portrait of my own blood one, but uh, yeah, no, I was a I was a medical technician for a little while, so so I so we drew each other's blood for practice, and I and I thought it was a good idea to bring home a vial of it. <laughs> Which is very weird in hindsight, but I've just always been a little bit of a weird guy. So, and then you 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 used it as paint. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I definitely don't ever hurt yourself for something like this. But if you're if you are a medical <laughs> technician, actually they frowned on that too. But yeah, yeah, there's a reason you're not a medical technician anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you could tell your younger self something about being freelance, what would that be? I think it's to try to have an ideal process and only modify the amounts of time for each phase of your process instead of trying to cut out phases of your process for cheaper projects. I think that that would be a solid um, piece of advice. You know, I still have to have that discovery. I still have to have those individual pieces of my process. I just, I can make them shorter if the client is, uh, if they don't have a big budget or something. TimBDesign.com is the website, but we'll put a link to that and uh, Twitter and everything else. Yes, absolutely. So my Twitter is TimBDesign MPLS. MPLS? MPLS. Oh, as in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Yeah. I'm very location specific. Clearly, you work for clients a little bit in broader region. I do. But here's the thing is that actually – Despite the fact that I can work with, you know, and I, I have some clients in Canada and yeah. the States, I'm realizing that actually, probably, I'm better off concentrating on the county where I live. So yeah. A bit like the state, I guess, where I live. Yeah. Because all of those businesses talk to each other. So mm-hmm. if I deal with one, then they start, you know, within their yeah. networks. And so more business is more likely to come my way from a local angle. Yeah. And then what if somebody talks to two people that works with you? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. as I think of it as like almost like starting a fire. And like if the pieces are close to each other, do you know what I mean? It's nice. easier to start yeah. the fire. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like the idea of working for people outside of the region. However, my agency worked for a client that was a little bit farther away and, uh, to be honest, it was really hard. It's, to me, I find it 
difficult, uh, especially for like a longer project, um, when you can't have those face to face interactions and you can't like clear the air Mm. because there's inevitably like on longer projects, there's inevitably these things that come up that are difficult in a relationship, um, a challenge or a difference of expectations on the process. And like not being able to sit down and look them in the face and say, we're both looking for the same thing here. We both want this to be really good. Let's get over this project. Here's what you need to do. Here's what we need to do. That kind of thing. I think um, it's it's hard to not have that, I think, mm. you know, sometimes because it's just it's so nice. <laughs> really interesting talking to you, Tim. Thanks so much for yeah. taking the time. Thank you, Steve. And all the best being, being freelance. Send our love to Minneapolis. Appreciate you having me on so much. It was really fun. So thanks. So there you go. And you know what? Since speaking to Tim, I have become quite a fan of his podcast. It's really good. Links at beingfreelance.com. It's him chatting to various people. And um, yeah, it's, if you're into learning more about digital marketing, then I'd strongly recommend you give it a go. He's a very charismatic host of it. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. So anyway, uh, as ever, links to that and everything else at beingfreelance.com. You have a brilliant week being freelance. Take care. Ta-da.